Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here for another episode here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I want to first thank my Heavenly Father for blessing me, and I also want to thank my loyal listeners for following me. I truly appreciate you. I'm just looking at, I just got a text saying, can you come to my promotion? <laughs> and today's topic is about empty nesters. Now, i got to ask this child, because she going to text me at the last minute talking about can I come to her promotion, and I need to know when. And it better not be today, because so, she just sent me this text. So if you are a parent, more likely a caregiver, a grandparent that has been caring for your grandchildren, this topic is more for you. As today we're going to be talking about empty nesters. And a lot of individuals don't even know what that term even means, meaning what does it mean to be an empty nester? I'm going to share my experience as an empty nester because I didn't know what that term meant until my daughter took her to college, son was already grown and out of my home because I don't want to live with no grown kids because grown people want to do what grown people do, and that don't work in my house. And I noticed I was taking care of my granddaughter, Taina. And when I was taking care of Taina, and then when Taina left, I was walking around, story, big old house, 3,000 square feet, three different rooms, suite in, upstairs, downstairs, and I was in there all by myself. <laughs> I just broke out and started crying and said, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I had no kids, no grandkids. No. I was in this big old mini mansion all by myself. That was how I learned about the term empty nester. Now, we don't want no boomerang kids. We don't want no kids. You know, if you are celebrating or going to graduation, you're going to be dealing with so many mixed emotions because I was one of those parents that said, I can't wait for my kids to get grown, especially when I had a boy and a girl. So I had to experience them both. Liddell, I see you watching, but I need for you to call in, Liddell, so we can talk about this, you know. And um, I used to say, I can't wait for my kids to get grown. And when they got grown, I was like, uh, I still got to be a parent. This is not over with. Because I always thought when they turned 18, my job was done. I remember on my son's 18th birthday, writing on his cake, welcome to manhood. Only for him to be knocking at my door over the weekend, I wasn't even at home. I'm like, leave me alone. <laughs> I want to move to the moon. Just leave me alone. So when we start talking about these things, and I know some of you parents out there, you know, whether you're dealing with the fear, whether you're dealing with the anxiety, whether you're dealing with the joy, whether you're dealing with the, the expected loneliness and you're preparing for your kids to either go to college or they're graduating from college only to hopefully not come back home after they graduated from college because I'm going to tell you, they come back with a different attitude, a totally 
different attitudes where you still be like, you are my child. They thinking, I am your equal. No, because you ain't paying no bills, ain't nothing in here in your name. And my daughter taught me, too, you got to be careful with letting people have mail come to your house because it's hard to get rid of them. And you don't want to have to go and have to evict your child to make yourself an empty nester. But I had to tell my son, I will get a restraining order against you. <laughs> you don't stay away from me. And I meant every word of it. So let me give you what the term empty nester means when we talk about an empty nester. Now, an empty nester and sometimes the emptiness syndromes refer to the grief that many parents feel when their children move out of the home. Now, I remember when my mother became an empty nester, and I think she just adopted everybody in the neighborhood after that because I was the first one to leave. At 19, I got me a U-Haul truck. I drove a stick, didn't even know how to drive a stick. And I split it all the way to Oceanside with my mother, standing in the middle of the street waving, bye. <laughs> and after I left, my two sisters were kind of like right behind me on their way to Oceanside. So she had became an empty nester. Oh, she said Thursday. Okay, the 15th. Okay. All right, now, and like I said, it's when your children move out of, home, out of the home. Now, it is a condition typically more common in women who are more likely to have the role of the primary caregiver. So that's kind of what happens. It kind of affects mothers more than fathers. You know, I remember a long time ago seeing this article where the mother went outside and the father was on a big old heel, and she was like, honey, you can come home now, the kids are gone. <laughs> because sometimes it don't affect fathers. You know, the father may have a different relationship with his daughter where he may be afraid for his daughter to leave home, but will gladly kick his son out and give him the boot, trying to teach him to be a man, only to the point to where you never taught him as a child how to become a young man. So what is he supposed to do now that he's lacking the skills, the social skills, and get out there in the world and don't know what to do? So we got to be mindful and careful with that. Now, if one child has moved out and you still have another living in the home with you, plan in advance for the day that it will be an emptiness for all the children, I mean, when they all gone. And sometimes you have to know when to seek professional help because sometimes it can affect and impact your marriage and your relationship, especially if all you've done all your life is give to your kids, become the primary caregiver, being a mother, running around like a psycho mom, soccer mom, I love to say psycho mom because we do become psycho but like a soccer mom, doing all these things for your kids, only to have them all be grown, only to have them all be gone, out of the home. You know, some days when I go to Compton and spend a night with my daughter, it's so funny, because writers still be want to call rank and be like, you her mom, you tell her what to do. And it's interesting because i got to realize I'm up under her roof right now, so I can't tell her what to do. But I still put my foot down sometimes. So when we start talking about the um, the syndrome of the empty nester, part of this is the grief, like I said, that individuals feel. But some individuals think that they have lost motherhood. 
Now, the empty nest syndrome can afflict both parents at times, but mostly the mothers, and many mothers have dedicated between 18, sometimes almost 20-something years or more of their lives to being around and raising their children. And even if they were a working mother, sometimes they have this. Now, some parents are more susceptible than others. Now, I was the type of mother that I was trying to teach my kids to be independent. I was trying to teach my kids to live on their own because I had a mother that was putting us out at the age of 10. She was like, get out. I was like, well, let me get my clothes. She'd be like, you ain't got no clothes. So these are my clothes. So I was one because I left at such a young age. And I know that it's not easy. I know rent is high. And a lot of times individuals are not able to do what many of us have done back in the day as far as trying to get our own apartment, get our own place, and live independently. And, yes, you want your kids to either leave once they have become, um, once they graduated from college, hopefully, but college is not for everybody, whether it's college, whether it's vocational school, whether it's the military, because I've known individuals who have went into the service only to have become a boomerang child and had to return back home, and that's not always healthy. Because, like I said, they come back with a real interesting attitude. Sometimes they feel as a failure, and they're not always a failure. I see you, Brother Blackwell, out there watching Oliver. You know, you can call in, too, as we're talking about the emptiness syndrome. I don't know if all of your adult girls are out the home yet, but that's that emptiness syndrome, especially if your wife is so used to being a mother and having the girls there. So that's what we're talking about today. Now, when we talk about how some parents are more susceptible than others, it's this research indicates that some parents are more susceptible than others, and people who suffer from the emptiness syndrome tend to have things in common, meaning change is considered stressful rather than challenging and refreshing. They're not used to change. They're used to always having something to nurture, something to take care of, something to do. They found that moving out of a home is difficult and emotional experience. They kind of go through the grief. You kind of, I mean, when I was walking around that big old house, I did like this. I said, you know what, I could choose whatever room I want to sleep in, whether I wanted to sleep in my master bedroom, whether I want to sleep in Tisha's room, whether I want to sleep in Taina's room, whether I want to sleep downstairs in the living room. I got to choose where I wanted to sleep. So I just made the best of it is basically what I did. Um, again, um, individuals that are more susceptible, their marriage is unstable or unsatisfactory, meaning they have invested their whole life to their kids so they never really focus on their relationship and their marriage. So now that they don't have nobody but their kids and their kid, well, but their spouse, that's why the relationship takes a toll to either you have to rebuild your relationship and your bonding or it can cause problems and you wind up coming to see me or another therapist to try to help with intimacy or to get to know each other again as you are now having adult children. Another thing is experiences such as weaning their babies from their breast or sending their children off to school were emotional and painful. So when you got to send them to college, I'll never forget my daughter told me the college story. She said, I just dropped her off, dropped her stuff off, didn't go in there to see what she, she said, I just kicked her to the curb and left. I don't even remember. Now, another thing is people who rely on their roles for self-identity are more likely to feel the, the breathing of the people who have strong sense of self-worth. 
Another one is people who are full-time parents are more affected than those who have duties to perform, meaning they have jobs, and parents who worry that their children aren't ready to take on adult responsibilities tend to experience more grief. Now, there are new challenges. There are other difficulties that may happen. But the thing is, when we start talking about these feelings, these emotions, we got to process them. Now, I'm called some people because they were supposed to call me in because you know I don't like talking by myself. But if you're out there listening on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you clicked on a link, whatever, give me a call because I want to hear your thoughts as it relates to the empty nest syndrome or if you are an empty nester. Now, it may not have even hit you yet because you are just now in the month, in the season where we're going to these graduations and, you know, people are outdoing themselves with these proms. And, you know, I saw something and it said, if parents were to invest as much in their education as they do to prepare for these proms, a lot of the teachers would be way more happier and some of these kids' grades will probably look better than what they did or do. But if your child was a straight-A student doing well in school, doing well, and you went out of your way to do this for prom because that's what you wanted to do, that's fine and dandy. But sometimes people overextend their budget, and they use the prom as a, I used to call it a quinceanita, quinceanita, but, you know, or a sweet 16 party or a wedding because they're going to the prom. But these are some of the things that the parents do, and is it for the parents or is it actually for the child? So let me call Ms. LaShawn because she was supposed to call in, and I don't know if she's busy, but I know she's one like myself. We have adult children. Oh, she answered the phone.
So today's topic, we're talking about empty nesters. And you and I both experienced that because our children are grown and gone. Yeah. But you now are doing adoption and you did foster care. I mm-hmm. said I was going to do that, but I've got too many grandkids. So sometimes I'll be like, mm-mm, mm-mm. I don't know if I want to start all over with this because I got Ryder over here now. And Ryder been sleep all day like he got a job. Oh, my God. Tisha told me earlier, Tisha called me, is Ryder up? I said, I don't think so, but I need to keep him asleep. I said, when he was sleeping in my bed last night, we was fighting. And I woke up, his hand was on my throat like he was trying to choke me. I was about to punch him in the face. I just want to just choke me in your foot. You know we're in the same age bracket. Girl, I said, uh-uh, he ain't sleeping in my bed no more. Your hand on my throat, what you dreaming about? So, girl, mm -mm, you ain't going to be smacking me in your sleep. The two-year-old is going to answer the phone when you just called, believe it or not. The who? The two-year-old. Oh, my God. He is growing just too fast. Oh, so So my my question is, because I remembered what my empty nester was like for me. You know, because Reggie had left at 19 because, well, 18, because he had a child. So once he had a child and I became the legal guardian of the child's mother, I let Boogie and Ryder, no, Ryder, I keep saying Ryder, good Lord, I get Ryder and Reggie mixed up, they act so much alike. I let Boogie and Reggie, they moved into my house in Oceanside, and I bought another house. So I separated them. So that's how Reggie was able to transition out of my house at 18. Uh Now, Tisha went off to college. So that Uh was a different scenario. And then I had Taina, and when Taina went back to her mom, that was when I realized I'm all alone in this big Uh old house. What the hell am I going to do? What was your empty nest syndrome like or experience like for you when your last child left home? Oh, my God. You know what? To be honest, um, Melissa and I lived together so long because of health. Uh, it don't seem like I never had an empty, you know, uh, empty house. To mm-hmm. be honest, now it's where it's empty, and I still have the, the um, foster child. So, you know, it's, I, I just don't feel like I've got, I had an empty house. But, you know, it's still emptiness because my own children are gone. Mm-hmm. But uh, to be honest, I'm just going to be honest. It's just a relief. Health mm-hmm. issues or not, uh, believe it or not, people think, you know, you have health when, I mean, help. Mm-hmm. You have a house for but in the reality, you don't. Yeah. You don't. don't think everything is more expensive. Mm-hmm. Every utility bill is, is more, is bigger than it would be when it's just you. When it's just you, you don't need to like. Mm-hmm. You don't even like to get dressed. You take one shower a day. Sometimes you might take two. Mm-hmm. Brush your teeth. And let's be honest, when you're older, you um, pay attention to those letters that tell you when you brush your teeth, turn the water off mm-hmm. while you brush So that's the part that I'm loving right now. Mm-hmm. Everything being cost efficient for me. Mm-hmm. Boy, if you don't play that. Yeah, it, you know, it's. Correct. And you know what? And it's it's one of those things that when it's something that we wait for, but then when it happens, we act like, oh, my God, when they coming home. Okay, we got a caller calling in, and I think I know who this is from the area code. 
Hi, this is Jeanette, number in in eight seven one three. How are you doing? Good. How you doing, Miss Dale? Now we're talking about <laughs> the empty nest syndrome because you know this is something that is supposed to happen, but then yet, especially dependent on our culture, our society right now is kind of scary with things that are happening to our children where we know that day is going to come when our kids are supposed to grow up and leave us, but some people really struggle with this in regards to the loneliness, the anxiety, the fear, the joy. We deal with all kind of emotions when that day comes because we prepare ourselves, but yet we don't prepare ourselves, and sometimes we don't even prepare our children. Because I remember, I, I couldn't wait to get grown. I couldn't wait to get out of my mom's house. So my mama was crazy. I wanted to go. And I thank God I wasn't a boomerang child that had to go back and live back with my mama. My baby sister had to. My others, you know, they would come and live with me, but I just never had to do that. So what would you say in regards to your experiences, Dell, or things that when your adult kids are moving out? Because I know you were talking about with your baby boy, talking about my baby, my baby. I'd be thinking you talking about your grandbaby. I'd be like, who are you talking about? Well, so for is- me, well, for me, it's not a, about being lonely because you know, I my daughter and my granddaughter is we is still here. But see, my son is different because I already have one that's gone permanently. You know what I mean? So, and my youngest one, he's nineteen, and he was raised like a shelter child. So you know that you know when kids think they know but they really don't know, you know what I mean? Because you got to think, I live in Yuba City, California, which is, you know, it's a city, but it's rural, you know. Mm -hmm. I live in, you know, farmland. So my son was raised here since he was three. Now, you know, after my son passed away, he moved back to L.A., and it's like the things that he, you know, how you can drive around here, the things you can do here, all that you can't do that in L.A. You know what I mean? Wait a minute. Prime Wait a minute, example, Dale. you know. Dale, I'm going to tell you what, what, what popped in my head. We go from cow tipping to doing all kind of crazy stuff. <laughs> you ain't going to be tipping no cow. Right. Right. <laughs> so, well, you know what? I'm going to give you a prime example. So my son that passed away, he played sports. His number mm-hmm. was, he was number 30, right? So when he passed away, my baby boy got a tattoo that say number 30, forever in our hearts or something. I, I don't know exactly what it say, but when he was driving in L.A. and the police pulled him over, guess what? He they looked at his tattoo and automatically said, oh, you in, you in the gang. And it's like, uh, excuse me, yeah. no. You know what I mean? So it's like. No, he hasn't even been in L.A. 26 days, and it's like you already done pulled him over trying to give him a ticket and then telling him because he got a tattoo with 30 on it, he in a game. Like, he don't even know nothing about L.A. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like, you know, you just, for me, him being gone is like, whoo. And then, you know, he liked all the stuff. See, I liked all the bad stuff when I was that age. So 
of course, he's like the only child that's more like me. You know what I mean? So he gravitated to that kind of stuff. And back when I liked it, you know, you can get away with it and it was cool. See, because, you know, we didn't have cell phones and all that. Now you can't do that stuff because it's a camera on every corner. It, no matter what it is you do, it, it's, it's somebody looking at you, you know, so... I worry about him more than, you know, being lonely, you know. But, you know, you just got to let him know. Mm-hmm. It's like having that peace when we talk about the empty nester. Because to be honest with you, it's still not empty. I was just sitting here right before the show, and I got a text message from my granddaughter that I had called or text the other day to come and help babysit writer for me. And I was just telling the Sean, writer girl, he laying around here like he got a job. He's been asleep all day. It's like, yeah. What? what they, they, because they're entitled. He need to be outside picking up trash. And, you know, if I tell my granddaughter, get over there and pick that up, you know, and she only six, she go into this whole, oh, I'm so tired. And I just. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's, my I, I God! Like always, or you <laughs> never. Right, been trying to get me to cut a watermelon. I haven't cut the watermelon because I ain't got no place to put the watermelon in the refrigerator because all three of my refrigerators are full. Right. So the, I'm like, okay. we got to get rid of yeah, some of this watermelon. She just rolled a watermelon over here, and I said, "Roll it back in there. I'm gonna cut it in a minute. I don't have no room in my." refrigerator to, you know, I'm like, listen, I need a moment. I need at least one week away. I want to go to Maui. I need one week just me and maybe one of my homies or whatever, just fly to Maui one week, peace and quiet, cut my phone off, just disconnect. And, you know. Wait, wait, wait. Sean said the same thing. What were you saying, Sean? You need a cruise? Well, you know what? I'm going to tell you this. Yeah, you did just do a cruise. Well, let me know, Dale, because I'm at a a point in my life where I can do what I want when I want. I ain't doing no cruise. I ain't ready for no cruise. I don't like like the water. But if you want to go to Maui, let me know, and we'll go. So just tell me what time of the year, and we can go. Because I can do that next. Oh, what you say to cruise, Sean? You September. Like, I love it. I love it. See, my 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 baby sister is having a 50th birthday cruise, and they going for seven days. That's too long for me. I can't do seven days. <laughs> you know, three five days. I can't. Mm-mm. I get I get sick. I get homesick. I get bored. I get. But you know, either you got to give me some how of do a mental. Bored? All the stuff they do on a cruise ship. How do you get bored? I don't know. I just I, I'm not a water person. I think I would freak out if I got to be on a boat that long. You ain't never been. No, I don't do water. I told oh, you, you the story about when I got baptized and I hit the bathroom. You don't even know you're on the water if you don't want to. Well, I can't. I, I mean, I I did my fifth. I don't know if you came down, Sean. Did you come down for my fiftieth birthday? I did a boat dinner cruise. No, I missed it. Remember? Okay. And the whole time, I never went up to the top of the boat. I stayed on the bottom where I can't see the water. I never went up top. I stayed at the bottom the whole time. <laughs> I did not go up there. But, you know, I said I want to do another one of those um, 
turnaround dinner cruise because it was really fun. We got to dance, we got to eat, we got to, you know, the harbor, the hornblower. I like that. I think I need to put one another one of those together. But um, but the thing is, and these are things that parents need to do once their child has reached that age when you've done your job and you did what you were supposed to do as a parent. It's time to live your life. Mm-hmm. Live your life. Oh, it's most definitely time to, for me to, well, my psychiatrist said I need to get out. I need to concentrate on me and what I need right now because, you know, I raised my kids all a life on my own. So, you know, I gave them everything that I had, you know what I'm saying? So now that I need to concentrate on me and what I need, and that's what I'm mm-hmm. trying to do. Mm-hmm. But it's hard because there's so much crazy stuff going on. I'm going to call in because we can barely hear you on the phone. Call yeah, in. If you want to call in to join in on the conversation, give us a call at 516-387-1914. You can barely hear me? No, I can barely hear Sean because I call Sean on the phone. I can hear you. Oh, okay. Let me call you. Okay. So, and, and I'm going to tell you because a well, lot of Well, you know, you that that number that you have on your um, Facebook, you put an 8 instead of a 9. Um, me and my fat fingers. Okay. I, I charge it to my brain, not to my heart. I messed up. It is 516-871914 because mm-hmm. I waited for the last minute to do it. So, thank you for letting mm-hmm. me know. So, I'm sending people to 8. Well, I kept on calling it, but it kept on saying the number don't work. The number don't work. And I'm like, uh. I'm almost sure the number works, so then when I clicked the link, then it took me over there. Okay. All right. Well, I apologize if I put the wrong number out there. Let me see. I probably can edit it as we talk it. Yes. I didn't even pay no attention to that. I really didn't because I was trying to do it at the last doggone minute, and I keep saying, I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. I'll still be taking forever. Okay. So, again, if you want. Call in on the show. Give us a call, 516-387-1914. Someone's calling in right now. Okay. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Percy Predicaments, Blog Talk Radio, number ending in um, 8713. What would you like to add to the show as we're talking about empty nesters? Oh, hello, Jeanette. This is Oliver. I'm calling in. How are you doing, How you doing? Oh, well... Uh, my daughter just recently, excuse me? Uh-huh. My daughter just recently, youngest daughter just recently moved out. So this is our first month without having anyone in the house. And I just think it's wonderful, you know what I mean? The first couple of days, the first couple of days you kind of going through the syndrome of hearing stuff that you never heard before because you always had noise in the house. But now mm-hmm. since it's so quiet, she's like, oh, my goodness. But other than that, uh, I just feel like you learn, like, I'm married, so you learn to learn uh, more about your spouse. You just spend most of your time trying to figure out everything again, you know. So, you know, you're always constantly working and doing things. Now you have time to just sit down and actually relate to each other instead of relating to the kids and grandkids and all that, now you can relate to each other and not have to worry about anything else. 
Yeah, you just, yeah. You, yeah, you, you, yeah, we about to fight now because I've seen the we video. I've there. seen y'all party. I'm like, I was supposed to be there. <laughs> but I'm happy that you uh, had a great uh, time. Uh, you know and happy you know belated what? birthday. Sometimes yeah. people It's not that we overlook people because we all grew up together. Nah, nah, she we, she told me about it, but nah, she, I told her to call me and remind me. I get it. I understand. That was my fault, too, because I should have wrote it down and like, at least put it in my what did you What did you call him? Tootie. I call him Tootie. No. I always. You Tootie. know what? I am probably the only one. Do you know, wait, wait. You know Willow Man now? Yes, he yeah. We all do. I think I know him when you said that name. You probably do because we all grew up together. And it's crazy Insane. because when we were sitting there at Sean's birthday party and I was sitting across from Brenda and I looked at Sean, I said, Sean, I don't know we've been knowing each other. And we looked, we were like over 50 years. Over yeah. 50 years we've been knowing each other. You know, and, and that's crazy. And I mean, and... When my mother brought that house, I was two. So I've been knowing Brenda Polidor, basically, she's been knowing me since I was two. Mm-hmm. It's five years. <laughs> <laughs> so it's still good. And I'm yeah. telling you, and that's why I always show up. Some people think yes, that people change. I still show up. No matter what's going on, all y'all got to do is call me, tell me, Jeanette, be there. I've been like that all my life. And y'all know I always show up for food. Yeah, you show think? up too. You do too. Do. You know, I do. you I'll guys. Uh, I was getting you. You. I think it was the right day because I really forgot that you told me that you was having a show because empty message. But I was just on the phone with uh, some of my care providers, you know, because of my health. And you know, Jeanette, that they want me to take both boys, you know, and mm-hmm. both boys, the seven-year-old and Zachy, the one I already have, the eleven-year-old. And you know me, I'm willing, but mm-hmm. the health provider is absolutely against it. So, um, you, you don't know, want to say like, you don't want to wear. That's what they said. Sometimes, Sean, yeah. even granddad baby duties be wearing me out. Right, and that's what they're saying. They're like, you know, your health does not allow it for one. And and the, and the, the person, the lady that was speaking to me. She said, even if your health was, she was like, I would be against it just for the um, sense that you need to do your own life. You need to have your own life. You you, you raised your kids. She was like, not as many, not anything against the foster care system. She said, I grew up in the foster care system. She's like, mm-hmm. but technically you would even do them an injustice because she was raised by her grandparents. And she said, there mm-hmm. was such a big age gap that she mm-hmm. didn't identify with anything with her growing up. And I was like, you know, that really makes sense. It do make sense because, remember, my cousin it Carlton makes- was raised by my grandmother, and his mannerism mm-hmm. and everything was totally different because he was raised by his grandparents. And I know, like, with Ryder, I'll never forget sitting in the courtroom with Ryder, and the judge was like, well, he can go to his grandmother, Jeanette Abney. I was like, uh, time out, Your Honor. I'm not doing menopause and a baby at the same time. There's a 50-year age between me and the uh-uh. So Tisha had way more energy. Tisha had way more, girl. I look at Ryder now and be like, her. He be like, her. <laughs> yeah, I wait for you to get 50. But then I realized when Ryder turned 50, I'll be 100. But the girl. thing 
right. I, I, I'm sitting up in there, me and T should be trying to figure out how we go, get them to school, do this, do I don't want all that pressure on me. I, uh-uh, that's too much. It's way too much. So we got to learn how to appreciate and accept when the time is time. I love my grandbaby duty. I'm not saying I'm waiting to be a great grandma. I'm like Jean now. I ain't trying to be vain, but I don't know about all that. I don't know if I'm going to be called no. great grandma. You know, but I have I don't, a 20-year-old. I got a grandchild child that'll be 18 this year. I don't want him to have none for at least another 10 years. <laughs> you said 18. I got one that will be 20 in September. He will be 20. Yeah. I got a 15-year-old, a 14-year-old, and a 7-year-old that I know about. But, um, yeah. <laughs> now, he said that I know about. <laughs> you know what? My son, DNA is no joke. He is identical to his daddy. The one thing you don't want, Reggie, you, one thing you don't want to tell my son is you're pregnant. That don't go well with him. He really don't. So <laughs> he that don't go well. Now, when we start talking about the um, the emptiness syndrome, and it affects parents differently. It affects mothers differently from fathers. And it may only sometimes last a few weeks. Some it may persist for years. But typically parents will experience the symptoms of emptiness syndrome sometimes for a few months. And the thing is, sometimes you really can't do much about it, but roll with it. Roll with mm-hmm. it. You know, and there are pros and cons to it. Now, it indicates, what are the pros and cons? If left untreated, the emptiness syndrome could lead to major clinical complications from anxiety, stress, depression, cognitive issues, problems, and Concentration, hopelessness, and helplessness. What are some of the, the things that when we talk about, and I'm going to ask you guys, what are some of the, the pros? What do you, I know what I like that's good about it is I don't have to be picking nobody up from school. I ain't got to be doing no homework. I don't have to be doing, that's too much. And even when I tried to do a writer, it burnt me out. So I like my syndrome. Dale, what is it about the good thing about your kids being grown that you like? Well, for me, I just uh-huh. like freedom. Me, like, let's Dale you start know. and then I'll do it as a Dale. Dale, what do you like about your kids being grown? Shoot, they, they, they can run all my errands. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Pearl, uh, Perlene, I'll show you a tail there. You said they can run all my errands. You know, and that's so funny because I know, oops, I know like with Tisha, I'll call Tisha out the room and ask her to turn the TV channel. She'd be like, that's what a remote is for. I was like, no, that's what kids are for. I do them like that, too, and then I, I'll send them that, um, yeah, they be, they, but, you know, no, I, I, I mean, it, it, it's, it's about independence. It's about independent. Like my daughter is like independent. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Now my my son, you know he he a work in progress. But my daughter. <laughs> progress. Yeah, mm-hmm. she, I don't know. It's something about the boys. Uh-huh. When, when you was that girl, I was laughing. Because she, 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 she
And when I was getting dressed to go to Sean's thing, after I took my shower, I was trying to pull up my underwear, and I couldn't, because of my hands with my arthritis, I couldn't pull my stuff all the way up, so I had to call Tisha in the bathroom. Tisha looked at me like, really? I got to help you with this? What's going to happen when you got to use the bathroom? I said, I'm not going to use the bathroom until I get back home. You know, so the thing is, yeah, they, we want them to run our errands. We want them to do certain things to help us out with certain things. Girl, I'll get Reggie over here to cut the grass. Reggie, sabotage and break the lawnmower so he won't have to come back. So I don't want him doing nothing for me. <laughs> nothing. So what, what is one of the pros? What is one of the good things you like about having adult children? You know, you talking to me today? I'm talking to Pooh. Oh, for me? Well, uh-huh. like I said, with the, with the can, you, can you hear me? Yeah. Um, when she moved out, like, it's been two things. Uh, the freedom I love and I enjoy, you know, because I had a house full of women. You know, I can't I can't do the things I want to do because hey, you just can't you just can't just walk out like you want to when when you have kids and they all grow. So that that was that was one thing is that that freedom, but the the uh, the con is, is when you older you have health issues and different things. You feel like, oh, there's nobody here. If I fall out or something happened mm-hmm. or whatever, there's no one here, you know. So mm-hmm. I have that issue. I mean, which I'm I'm not in bad health, like, to where it's going to be some constant every day I'm going to need help with. But sometimes when I do feel bad, I'm like, dang, I can't just call down the hallway and say, hey, go do this for me or come call, come call the doctor or something. Mm-hmm. That part I miss, you know, but... I, I honestly feel that, you know, she's she's 27, so when she moved out, she was 27. So it's like they got to understand they got to find their way. They got to find their uh-huh. way. And everybody everybody has to do that because if not, they're going to be a dependent on everybody. It don't matter if they get married. All you're going to do is know how to be a dependent. You're never going to be independent for yourself if you don't get out. You know? Correct. And you know what, Booty? That was one of the things despised about the city of Compton growing up on our streets. We had old people living at home with their parents, driving their parents freaking crazy. And I never yes. wanted to live with that. Yes. I don't know if you remember Miss Scott with AJ. That was a prime example. AJ was like a baby. Yeah. He never yeah. left the home. Left and that woman died only a couple of years before AJ lost that house. He was, he was, he, he was never ready. That makes no sense. And what happens is we enable our children. Exactly. That we enable them. They become, we become codependent. They have a sense of entitlement. And then they mm-hmm. start mistreating So we have to be very, very careful with that. And I don't mean just kick them out because they're a certain age. Because age has nothing to do with maturity. It has nothing to do with their mental development. Because there are some kids now that will probably never be able to leave, leave the home because they may have a mental health issue or a developmental issue to where sometimes the, where they may transition out is through the regional center or through um, some type of social services or they have to go to a boarding care facility. And that's a different scenario, a totally different scenario. And I commend that have that patient. I really do. So, Sean, what is one of the benefits for you? What are the what are the pros that you like about 
Hallelujah. Anyway, it might be minimal, but just being able to have everything in place where I put it, nowhere, no matter where it is. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and um, to be having the advantage of having my grandkids when I want them. I don't have to see them every day if I don't Oh, I love my grandkids dearly, but when you weren't dealing with a kid, kids on a daily, mm-hmm. you, you, you should be leaving when they go home. Let's just be honest. Mm-hmm. And grandkids work, grandkids work both ways, you know. Some days they give you energy and give you life, and then some days they can just drain you. <laughs> drain yeah, you because you just don't have that energy. Huh. You just don't have all that When I knew I was going to have to have Ryder, and I went to the grocery store, I saw some water guns. And I'm not one that's big with guns because I don't want my grandkids playing with guns because I know my fetish, fetish and infatuation with guns, so I don't want to expose my grandkids to that. But the water gun was really cheap. I bought three of them. Ryder said, Granny, we get to have a water fight? I said, yeah. I bought one for me, you, and your mama. <laughs> I know I'm the only one taking a gun. I'm going to soak the mess out of y'all. <laughs> yeah, girl. Look, look. I bought three whole super cookers. So I'm going to soak the mess out of y'all. Mine, y'all. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, when I have all, with, with all of my nine, it's certain ones that, you know, it's, it's kind of a relief to have them here. Then it's certain ones that you'd be like, oh, you, I love them. I love my grandchildren, but some of them. You, you said they're going to come in eating everything, everything that belongs to me, not the stuff that I buy for them. Everything that's mine, I don't care if it don't have not a calorie. If it belongs to me, they're going to eat it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and my I, I'm not joking. They show up to eat. They just normally show up just to eat. I know that. Reggie do too. I can, Reggie will go to the grocery store with me. I'll spend $300, $400 at Walmart regular. Mom, can I spend a night? Hell no, you ain't spending a night. Mom, can I watch TV? When Reggie left the last time, I gave him the TV and the bedroom set. People was wondering, why you do that? So if he's spending a night, he ain't got no work sleep. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> is, that part, is that part of the emptiness syndrome? You take away all the stuff. To... <laughs> so she's like, yeah, start cleaning our bedroom. No, my, my, my daughter. Sunday and I didn't. So, but the thing is, I enjoy cooking, 
but you ain't going to just be coming over here taking all my groceries and then I got to go, no. I tell people, that's, no. That's, they, like, that's, that's why you do it. No, they, they come and get the stuff that they know I won't leave in there too long. They was like, why mm-hmm. do you buy all of this that you don't even cook? And I don't because I don't only cook. When, when, when we all cook together on Sunday, I don't cook during the week. I don't have a reason to. Yeah. But when you first became, but when you first became a grandparents, you went shopping for your grandkids. Oh, I'm gonna go get that. And for that's my what it is. So mm-hmm. you accustomed to shopping that way. So you 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 figure like, cause I know me, I go get the little the little gold boxes for my grandson to have the yogurt, his little mm-hmm. his little drink and everything, his little applesauce or whatever. So when when we do that. You, we started out spoiling the kid, and now they just figured that's the way to do it. That's I'm going to mm-hmm. grandma's house. I know she she got it. Cause mm-hmm. I remember growing up. I remember growing yeah. up, and with my my I dad's mom. I thought the same way. I thought the same way had, I did when they lived with me. Mm-hmm. Okay, you that's guys are talking over each other, Sean. Okay, Prudy, you were saying you remember the same doing the same thing with your grandmother. What were you saying, Prudy? I'm just saying with my with my grandmother, my my dad's mom. You know. She had a cabinet. It was just strictly for us. This is all the goodies, all the candy, all the cookies, you know. And you go there knowing where this stuff is at. Even when mm-hmm. when I got older, I was 30-some years old. Go to that same cabinet. Oh, yeah, it's in there. Cookies, candy, everything I wanted, you know. Mm-hmm. But we spoil our kids that way. And then when we get older, we're like, man, we don't want them to keep coming over here like that <laughs> when they get older. But... This is what we started with. So how do you break that cycle? Mm-hmm. Well, you break the cycle by setting boundaries. You break the cycle by teaching them how to respect you, and you have to learn how to parent them as an adult, not parent them as a child. That's how you do that. See, my mother did the same thing with us. My mother was constantly putting us out when we were kids and teenagers, so by the time we became an adult and <laughs> with her anymore, she kind of would try to lure and drive us to come back, but we could live with my mother. I know my kids don't want to live with me. Me and Tisha, we bump heads. We can't live together under the same roof. I would love to have a bigger house to where I got me a granny flat and I could do what I want to help, but I don't want to live with Tisha. We don't clean up the same way. You know, she don't want to clean sometimes, I don't want to clean sometimes. So we be walking on, and a rider is like a Transmanian devil when it comes to cleaning his. He don't want to clean up nothing. So we got to have a maid. So that ain't going to work. So, but the thing is, it's about respect, and it's about setting boundaries. It's about having patience. It's about being able to mm-hmm. communicate with one another. And, you know, so when I say communicate, a lot of times we were taught do as I say, not as I do. That don't work. That so don't work. So there's a lot of different components that comes with that. I have um, books and about when our adult children disappoint us because sometimes our adult children will disappoint us. We can't take it personal. We have to um, respect their boundaries, their lives. They're different. They go do what they want to do. And we gotta those are things we have to learn. We really have to learn. I used to tell Reggie, when you go invite me over to your house, I'll come over there and eat up all your food and sleep on your couch. And just, yeah. that's never happened when it comes to Reggie. You know, but with Tisha, it's more of a different story because we can get along for so long. Like, we went to a Cuban restaurant 
because I wanted my shrimp dish, because she took me to a different place. And before we even left, my first thing was, who paying for this? Because Tisha be like, everything upon me. No, you won't know. Even though sometimes we balance it out, but I've learned to ask before we leave the house, who paying for this? Uh, <laughs> Don't be counting wow. my pockets. And I won't be counting yours. What was you about to say, Judy? Then uh, I was saying, wow, because when you when you hear something like that, you don't think it actually goes on with other people, you know, because a lot mm-hmm. of times, like, our kids will sit down at the table and they just assume that, hey, mama got it or daddy got it, you know. You know, we all here eating, but, hey, daddy going to pull his wallet out. And I get it, I get it, you know, because during the whole time of their life in high school or elementary, that's that's what you're doing. you always doing that, but now they're adults. Like you say, they don't want to get out of that, that cycle. They want that mm-hmm. to continue. Well, Tisha told me a long time parents, ago, I ain't never asked to be grown. And she is so right about that. She ain't never asked to be grown. Reggie will walk around like he got it going on. and be like, he patting his pockets like, I left my wallet. You knew good well you didn't have no money when you came to the store. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Reggie's trying to get over on folks. We ain't having it. Uh-uh, no. I just when I get around, well, I mean, and it's 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 sometimes it's sometimes it's like that with your friends too. It's not just kids. Your friends are the same way. You know, every time y'all went somewhere back in the day, oh yeah, man, I got it. Don't worry about that. You know, and I've noticed me. And, uh, you say you look at them more than a minute. And that's another like thing. Start talking about empty nesters is the expectation. And sometimes, depending on the relationship that the child has with the parent, sometimes the children don't return back home. There's some kids that got some resentment towards their parents, animosity towards their parents, and they have to mature and they have to realize that their parents did the best that they could with what they had and what they knew. There is no no such thing as a perfect parent. But the relationship and the dynamics of the relationship is going to change. And the one thing I want to say is this. When your children become adults, remember, they're still not your friends. A lot of times what I've seen to have happened, Sean, is some parents start treating their adult children like this, my best friend. No. Because what happened is the child loses a little respect for you. They view you as a friend and now not as a parent because they look at you as they equal. No. There's still a level of respect. You still got to maintain those boundaries. It's okay that you are an adult. It's okay that there's things you may do things that I disagree with. But I'm not going to mm-hmm. disrespect you in your home and don't you come and disrespect me in mine. But you are not your I... child friend. What no. about to say, Pudi? No, that was Sean. I'm listening. You saying, Sean? No, I just said I agree. I'm not your friend. Even if, even grown, I'm not your friend. I'm your mm-hmm. mother. Treat me mm-hmm. as such. And, I mean, and a lot of adult children grow confused because they try to treat you as if you're my friend. No, I'm not your friend. I'm still your parent. Jill, what is your take on that? A lot of times when we talk about this emptiness syndrome or when kids get adult, they feel like they have a rite of passage, and they start treating their children, adult children, as if they're, that's my friend, that's my hangout, but 
Wait, wow. say that again? When adults, a parent started treating their adult children like they're their friends. That's my hangout buddy. Oh, no. I mean, you know, <laughs> as far as, like, movies, dinners, that kind of stuff, but, I mean, it's a fine line because me, you know, I, like, I have, like, some nieces, you know, that I've helped raise with their moms, you know what I mean? And now they feel that they're grown, you know, all that cursing and, you know, that, you know, I'm grown. See, me, I don't play that because think about my kids. I don't care how old they are. They bet not never let me hear that they ever in their life disrespected anybody that I know or a elder. See, I, I don't, mm-mm, no. It's a, it's, a, it's a fine line for me. You know what I mean? You can be grown, but I don't, I don't do the disrespect. You know what I mean? So I don't, I don't, um, I don't do that. I love my kids and they, they my best friend forever, but we don't, mm-mm, no. No, no, no. I don't, I don't like that. They're a part of you, but we get confused when we put them as our friend in the friend category, in the friend zone. And it takes away the discipline and the self-discipline because your friends really don't discipline you because your friend is your peer. Your parents are not your Right. Peers. Well, you know, because your kid, you, you never want your kid to lose that respect for you. Now, and if you out here acting like you, your kid's best friend and you dipping it and doing it with your kids, you know, like me, I've been in a motorcycle club. I was in the motorcycle club 31 years, okay? Now I'm a Jehovah's Witness, okay? So my life is different. I personally, you know what I mean, I would never take my daughters out there for the wolves. You understand what I'm saying? I know a lot of people that do it that, you know, you washed up, so now you got your young, pretty daughters out here on this bike set, you know, serving them up to, you know, no, 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 no. Because even when I moved out here where I live at from L.A., and I found out my daughter and niece and them was hanging out, I was like, nope, mm-mm, no. I even seen my niece. Somebody was on live, and I seen some girls walking in the background, and I said, ask her is her name, you know, my niece's name. And, and she was like, yeah. I said, go home. You know, I don't – I'm just a different kind of animal. You know what I mean? I, I, um, I don't um, – it's just things that I do and things that I don't do. You know, I have my – you know, everybody got a pass, you know what I mean? But if I had if I had listened to my grandmother and them, I probably would be on a whole different wavelength. But if I had somebody on the bike set to talk to me about things, like I talk to girls out there about, you know, X, Y, Z, you don't want to do X, Y, Z, then, you know what I mean, it would be a different outcome. But it, it's it's wild. It's too wild out here because everybody look at social media 
They just don't Good. understand how people. You can go. I can go to the Bentley dealership and take a car next, a picture next to a Bentley. You know what I mean? I can go to the Louis Vuitton store and take a picture with a Louis Vuitton. Just because I do that, don't mean I got it like that. You you understand right. what I'm saying? I'm the type of person I'd rather call my bank and hear me them tell me how much money I got in my bank to be wearing it around my neck or on my arm or you know what I mean? Buy buy your piece mm-hmm. of property. You know what I mean? Um Yeah, it's yeah, I'm a different animal. Well one of the things that I wanna leave the listeners with is because I know we ran out of time. But when we talk about empty nesters, it's not really empty. You know, sometimes you put your nope. glass in a half full or it can be half empty. But just because you are alone doesn't mean that you have to be lonely. You can find things to do to occupy your time. If you are in a relationship or if you are married, you've done your job. Now it's time for you to live your life outside of children like you did before you had your children. So don't consume your life with somebody else. So now it's time for you to live. It's time for you to live. You know, I was just thinking and I'm looking at myself as I'm doing this Facebook stuff. It's crazy because even though my grandbaby is 14 and is going to be graduating, ooh, Lord, that means she's on her way to high school. So, <laughs> so my grandbaby is on her way to high school. My other grandbaby is in her second year of college. When I'm around them and they be like, Granny, Granny, people don't believe I'm their Granny. They be like, that's your mom. She's like, nope, that's my Granny. That's my Granny. You know, so I'm just glad that the women in my family don't age. We age very well. But I'm at a different transition in my life. And some individuals struggle with that transition. And if you need professional help, therapy, it's available. Your life coach if you don't want to do therapy. You know, seek some type of counseling or either talk to older women. I've learned a lot from talking to older women because they have wisdom, been there, done that. I noticed that even my clientele, even with me as a therapist now, most of my clients are my kids' age or younger. I'll be like, oh, Jesus. You know, but by that same token, at least they're willing to go seek the psychological help versus when I was that age. I wasn't thinking about going to talk to no therapist about my kids being in high school or this or that or that or this. But I just want you to know out there that help is available. Now, Dale, what do you want to leave the listeners with before we end the show today? What piece of gem can you give them? About nesting. About empty nesting or about having adult children, because we got adult children. What would you like for them? What a piece of advice? What would you like to leave them with to help them if they this is their first time going through this? Uh, empty nesting, I would say enjoy it while you can. Adult children, um, I would say just, I mean, keep your relationship close. I mean, for me, I have no secrets. So um, me and my daughter, we have a very, very close relationship. Um, My son is only 19, so he likes to hide things from me. You know what I mean? But I already be knowing. See, my son, okay, he likes to hide the fact that 
you know, he got social media, so he thinks because I'm not on his Snapchat and different things that I don't know. But, look, I'm like an investigator. I I know. You know what I mean? I know people everywhere, okay? I, I, I know. So I always tell my kids, tell me first before mm-hmm. somebody else come and tell me because I'm going to be the executioner, the judge, your lawyer, your defense attorney, all that. You know what I mean? Because I'm going to be the one to help you fix it. But me and my daughter, we have a real close relationship. She hides things too, but I'll be be knowing. But just, you know, stay in your kid's business. You know, I hate to hear a parent say, my kids is grown. You know what? Mm -mm. No, I'm always in my kid's business. So that's why they can't pull nothing over on me because – I'm there. But with with boundaries, Pootie, what do you want the listeners, what do you want to leave the listeners with before we end the show today? Well, I was just listening to her, and I agree with her. You've got to stay in your kids' business 100% because they they feel like they're grown and they understand everything and they got a, a hold on things. But like I try to tell my kids all the time, we're trying to stop you from hitting a crossroad in your life that you don't, you can avoid, you know. And and the things is, believe me, being a a dad with two girls, it's it was I always was trying to teach my kids what to look for. Like she was saying, being in a motorcycle club and seeing your nieces out there hanging out with the motorcycle club, and you've already been there. You know, I always used to try to teach my girls, hey, look, I know what I used to say to women in the club, Mm -hmm. at school or whatever. So I always used to try to prepare them for that. So when you hear this, you already heard it before. Your dad told me you was going to hear it and what this represented. So as an empty nester, you know, if if you have kids that's out there and and, and you need to stay in their business, you need to always – at least talk to them so they don't feel alone too. You know, stay uh-huh. stay in out there because a lot of times they they think they know but they don't know and they still need that leadership and that guidance. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. So that's that's all I would like to say. Stay there, like still that. be in there, still be that yeah. light. Yeah, still be the, be yeah. that light for them. Okay, mm-hmm. that's what I have. I chip. Okay, Sean, that's what would you one. like to listeners with? Are we in the show today? Um, I think it's the same thing. Um, I don't know if I can say that I'm in their their business, but um, you know what? Me and all, well, I have three daughters, but I raised five. So I'm going to say, you know, keep keep a relationship, keep an open relationship where I know sometimes they just do hide things, but if you keep the right kind of relationship, they pretty much come. They'll come to you with anything, and mine are a lot older, so I don't know. But you know, keep um, keep the positive, keep keep communication, have fun. Because I have fun with my kids, and they're not my friends. We have fun. Jeanette knows that. We have fun. I I plan all the events. I plan all the family events. So you know, even though they're emptiness, we're always together. Picnics. Family gatherings, cookout, um, Sunday dinners—that's the way we do it. So, you know, uh-huh. I, I like to say, let's keep it fun. Before you end, so Prudy won't miss out, and I keep getting the date confused. When is the 
Men and Family Picnic this year? July 29th. July 29th. Okay, Prudy, be ready July 29th. Well, I don't know if you can get down here July 29th, but Sean puts a friend and family event together for Anzac Great every, pretty much every year. And we have a yeah, lot it's, of fun. Yeah, I've been doing it for now. This is 15 years. Our this is 15 years. This is 15 years this year. Mm-hmm. So 15 years. So July 29th, Rudy, we will be having a friends and family picnic. Are you doing it at El Dorado Park again? What park are you doing it at, Sean? Uh, El Dorado Park. And okay. the T-shirts are on sale right now. $18 okay. if you buy them before <clears throat> June 15th, $20 after that. And you know what? It don't be no drama. It don't be no bad mm-hmm. blood. It don't be no negativity. We have fun. We have Absolutely. fun. And it would be good to see people, you know, Michael Sawyer's, Bruno, all the people from the come back, and we have And they bring their family. Everybody bring their families. And I'm not talking about just your, your kids, their kids. They bring their families, their mothers, their grandparents. Their, everybody brings family mm-hmm. and friends. And I commend you, Sean, for still keeping the neighborhood together. I I commend you for that. I love you for that. Like I said, because it felt yeah. so good sitting there with people that I hadn't seen. It, it, it remind, when I saw Jeffrey, girl, I had to tell this story. Um, I remember when I had moved back to Compton. Well, I really had moved back to Compton. My daughter moved back to Compton after my mom died. And we were on our way to Vegas, and my security system went off. And when my security <laughs> system went off, and I got the call, and I um, I got mad. I said, I know good and well. Ain't nobody trying to break in my house. I know they ain't trying to break in my house. I don't think I called you, Sean. I think I called Brenda. But somehow uh-huh. I got the number to the corner house. And you know back then what was going on in that house. Oh, I called yeah. I said, hello? They said, hello? I said, this is Jeanette. I said, I just want you to know that my security system just went off. And when I get back, if I'm missing bubble gum, we go have a problem. <laughs> Girl, I'm thinking they done robbed me, all of my stuff, my, my weapon. I think everything gone, right? She was like, mom, you want to go back? I was like, no, I'm on my way to Vegas. I ain't turning around going back home. Girl. Jeffrey was like, I told them little suckers don't go in your house. I told them they bet not break in your house because they, back then, they were doing them home invasions and was breaking in people's houses. Uh-huh. And I'm yeah. like, I know good I'm like my daddy, I know good damn well they ain't breaking my house. <laughs> Girl, I'm mad as hell, right? So what happened, the wind kept blowing and blew my mailbox open. And as the wind kept blowing the mailbox, it set off my alarm. So when I got back home, I was so embarrassed to see Jeffrey. I really was. And something that happened, and I saw Jeffrey, and Jeffrey said, Jeanette, I said, yes, Jeffrey. He said, was your bubble gum missing? (laughs) I said, if I'm missing bubble gum, we going to have a problem. No problem with me. Girl, I'm pregnant. I'm so bad. So, <laughs> he showed it to oh me. 
Where's your bubblegum, Missy? <laughs> oh, oh y'all my God. The old Jeanette gonna come out, and y'all don't want the old Jeanette to come out. Y'all better not break up in my house. Y'all got me chastised. Ain't nobody scared of the old Jeanette. <laughs> what you say to me? <laughs> Ain't nobody scared of the old Jeanette. Cut it out. Now, Dale, before we get off the phone, yeah, my brother's still scared. <laughs> <laughs> Your brother was. <laughs> he preached that on my mama. Dale's still on the phone? On the yeah, Dale's still there. Yeah, now, Dale, my real name Dale. is Oliver. My real name is Oliver Blackwell. She called me Prudy. I'm Delano's brother. I don't know if you know my brother Delano. Um, that's, that's the I name sounds familiar, but um, I used to be on um, Anzac back okay. in the day. Yeah. Well, we lived on Grape, right there on Grape with Jeanette. Because mm-hmm. uh, Willamay and Willamay, those are my aunts. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I know exactly. Yeah, okay. Okay. So now, well, I want to thank you. Hopefully, people can take heed of the advice and the information that we shared. Enjoy your moment. Your time to be your proud parent, grandparent, as you celebrating your kids' accomplishments. You know, Sean is crazy because I thought a 4.0 was the thing, and then I heard 4.5. I heard somebody graduated with a 5.0. I said, how the they get a 5.0? Oh, wow. If your child is valedictorian or honor roll, be proud of that moment. Be proud. Don't be intimidated, even if you didn't go to college. Don't stop your child from going to college if that's their dream. There's financial aid available. There's assistance available. Sometimes we get so intimidated we eliminate ourselves. Don't take yourself out the game. So try to be there to support your child, even if it's guiding your child in the right direction. Don't be that negative, that Debbie Downer, that because you was afraid that you put that fear into your child. Let them evolve. Let them do something different. And that's where a lot of parents, especially empty nesters, do. We become so codependent, we, we hold our children back. My mother was afraid for me to go to college and become educated because she always felt that something was going to happen to me. But by that same token, I couldn't let her fear handicap me. So don't do that to your children. Just just don't. You know, if you're afraid, get some help. Talk to them. Listen to them. Try to be there to support them. Even if you don't think that their dreams are going to come true, let them still have their dreams. Let them do that. Because you never know what may evolve from that. What was you about to say, Sean? No, I just say amen. I I agree with what you said. That's, That's good. That's really good. Okay, so tomorrow I want to talk about being delivered. You know, a lot of people are holding on to strongholds. A lot of people got these these, these things on them that, that they don't know what to do. They want to change. They don't know about the contemplation of changes or the stages of changes. So we're going to talk about things because Tuesday is when we do the show from the pulpit to the couch where we provide biblical teachings from the Bible as well as talking to myself, Jeanette Abney. And when we talk about what does it mean to be delivered, what does it mean to be set free? You know, you kind of spoke on that a little bit when you talk about I used to do these things, but I don't do these things no more. A lot of individuals want to give up some bad habits but don't know how to go about it or how do I take that first step? How do I become delivered? How do I work on these things to get these shackles off my feet, you know? So we're going to be providing some information 
And it works differently for everybody. It don't happen overnight. You didn't pick up these bad habits. You didn't do these things. Because when I heard that, I thought about me being a kid gambling, a bookie joint, da, da, da. and I'm like, you know what? For over past at least two months, I ain't been thinking about the casino. Ain't been thinking about it. Ain't been wanting to go. And I'm like, dang, have I been delivered from the casino? <laughs> I never thought that would happen. I don't even have a desire. So there are some things we need to learn how to let go of, whether it's people, places, things, or had habits. That'd be delivered. And we're going to be talking about that Tuesday at 6 o'clock at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. So until then, remember you got this and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, Oliver, for joining me. I got to be careful with the prudy because I, I just can't give up the prudy. Thank you, Liddell. I appreciate you. Thank you, LaShawn. I appreciate you, too. And you guys Thank enjoy the rest you. of your day. You're welcome. All You're right. Welcome. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. Hey, don't forget about the picnic, Rudy. Oh, I, I won't. I'm going I'm to uh, I'm gonna text Jeanette and have her send me send me your number so we don't forget. Yeah, do that. Okay. Uh, okay. Bye-bye. All right. You guys take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.